He is a Bassmaster Open winner. He is a four-time Bassmaster Classic qualifier. He is legions of fans that are perpetually on him. A man more slick than an ugly stick. Matt Robertson joins me this week on... I'm Bob Cobb from the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. Welcome one, welcome all friends, family, freeloaders, fish, and freaks. You're all welcome here at the Awkwardly Honest Fishing Podcast that goes by my last name, which is Mercer. Happy Hump Day, happy Wednesday. I welcome in all my humpers that tune in here week after week. Can't thank you enough for all the support you show this show. Except for there's a few of you that really had a lot to say to me last week in comments about how uh, the Chiefs were going to suck and... Burrowhead was going to be owned by Joe Burrow, which was a ridiculous statement to begin with. Um, and as I told you all at the time, I said, that's why they play the games. And speaking of games, that was a freaking emotional roller coaster. Um, amazing rivalry. I mean, in the four last four times we played them, a game has never been decided by more than three points. And, um, it's not over. This was just another battle. I'm sure we will be battling for years and years to come. Um, how the Chiefs won that game, unbelievable. Because there's always an excuse with Mahomes. That's what I'm certain of. You know, for whatever reason, he's one of those people that people just don't want to see win. Everybody loves to hate a winner, I guess. I, I don't know. That's That's what I write it off to. But... In the past, it was always like, well, he's got Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. He's not really that good. Well, this time around, in that second half, man, he had Travis Kelsey, which was covered up with, you know, three people guarding him. You had nobody else. I mean, well, our receivers in that, the injuries that went down through that game, we had receivers that didn't go to Penn State. We had receivers that went to Penn. We had um, seventh-rounders doing the work, and they pulled off the victory. And listen, I've been on the internet. I've heard it all. You know, all the officials that this. The officials in the NFL suck. Officials in general suck. I think it's time to revisit that. I mean, we live in a time and age where you can put a chip in the ball and know exactly how far it travels. We don't need to bring out two sticks and chains to measure anymore. So don't get me wrong. I am not defending the officials. Uh, I I think the officials in the here's a startling fact that I didn't know. Did you know that NFL officials aren't even full time? Which is mind boggling when you think of the millions, if not billions, of dollars that ride on these games. So there was calls made wrong on both ends of things. If you think that that last unsportsmanlike call was wrong, then you haven't watched the NFL in the last two years because Mahomes was two steps out and. He hit him. That's a penalty all day long. Um, a horrible time to get a penalty. And if you don't think that, go back and watch the footage. I watched it. I mean, you can see the Bengals players reacting before a flag's even thrown. Like, what did you do? So anyways, every one of those games comes down to, you know, a kick. That's how it all ends. And I'm just thankful that this time, for the first time in, you know, the last, 
few times we've played them. They they had our number the last three times, but thankfully the Chiefs won it this time. Um, love them, hate them, whatever you want to say. We are going back to the freaking Super Bowl. It's just another battle in our story because we will battle that incredible Bengals team again. We will battle Joe Burrow again. It's it's that's the cool thing about being an NFL fan for any of these teams right now. It, the future is bright and. Um, it's a very, very exciting time. So congratulations to the Bengals. And as I said to all of you trash-talking me, that is why they play the games, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't matter. I mean, the Buffalo Bills were winning the Super Bowl for the last four months. That's why they play the games. Speaking of playing games, we have a freaking giant game ahead, the biggest game in football, the Super Bowl coming up in two weeks' time. And thank God we have two weeks because the Chiefs need to heal. But what a Super Bowl we have. We have the Kelsey Brothers Bowl, both Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey of the Eagles, the first two brothers ever to play against each other in the Super Bowl. So, um, And speaking of the Kelsey Brothers, if you do not listen to their podcast, you need to. I believe it is the number one rated sports podcast in the world right now it is very real it's very open it's very honest it's everything i love about podcasts and this week's show is going to be incredible because they're both going to talk about winning the afc championship and the nfc championship and i'm sure there'll be a little trash talk involved i mean it's so real that earlier this season jason kelsey had to walk off the set during one of them i mean they do it via zoom video kind of like this podcast is done but Travis kind of held him to the mat on a mistake that was made. And Jason got so mad, you just see him like walk off. And they had to record it the next day. But they left it in there, which I love because they're real and they're honest. And that's why it's the number one podcast in sports right now. So check that out. Another cool story going into the Super Bowl. Andy Reid, who coached for the Eagles for 14 years, has to take out Philadelphia or try to take out Philadelphia, which is going to be no easy task. And um, it's going to be nearly impossible if the Chiefs do not heal. So if you are cheering for the Chiefs, get some prayers out there for them to heal. Because uh, I looked at the injury report in the Eagles, and I think they have one player injured, and I think we have one player healthy right now. So, um, yeah. It's going to be a fun few weeks, and um, can't wait to see that game go down. To the gentleman that posted, I don't give a F about football, talk about fishing. Sorry, I'm I'm only going to talk a little bit. But that's also why they have the, you know, if you hit fast forward, you can get past the football talk, and we'll get right into the fishing, and we're going to get into some big-time fishing talk. But before we do, how about those Chiefs? Sorry, I had to throw it out there. Um, a big guest this week and um, a guy who always speaks his mind and a guy who a lot of you have asked to have back on the show. We, we had him on about a year ago, um, but so, so much has happened in his life in a year. And um, I asked him to do this show, but I, I asked him just, I said, dude, I want to have a real conversation. I, I don't want to put anything, you know, any limits on it. Let's just have a real conversation about some highlights and some lowlights that have happened throughout the past year with him. And um, he agreed. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope to expose, expose maybe the wrong word to use with Matt Robertson, because uh, he, he, 
sometimes exposes too much. But I hope to expose a side of Matt um, that many of you might not have seen because, uh, you know, it is so easy to just do a podcast with him and say, go. I mean, he is like a chatty Cathy doll that pulls his own cord. He, he will just tell story after story and pure hilarity, which is awesome. But I wanted to get behind all of that craziness and just kind of see how his mind works and, um, and if he's been affected by any of the things that have been a little different for him this past year. So without further ado, let's head to, um, I'm not sure the name of the trailer park. I should find out the name of the trailer park, but let's call it Sunnyvale just because uh, there's a famous trailer park called that in Kentucky, Matt Robertson. This might be the, I mean, the lettuce is looking strong this morning. Are, are you feeling strong, Matt? I mean, I mean, I don't know if I'm feeling strong, but I know I just woke up. The lettuce up top is a little scraggly and whatnot. I got a few cowlicks. But yeah, we're we're looking good as always, Dave. It's good to see you. I mean, we've uh we haven't talked a lot in the off season. I mean, some and and not for any particular reason, but have you been busy? What what have you been doing? Yeah, buddy. I've uh I've been pretty busy other than a few days before the, the it's part of the driveway, 600 foot driveway, man. I've been uh, pulling a whole John Daly on him. I've drank way too much tequila. Um, and yeah, I've been going hard at it, buddy. Been going and hard. So how are you drinking tequila and losing weight at the same time? Um, I'm working out every day. <laughs> eating right and then uh then i got full bore with it in the evenings and uh yeah that i've been partying in key west south carolina uh nashville got me a new honey in nashville been partying down there some i mean seriously we've been going hard at it and uh yeah not giving a shit <laughs> so what 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 transition are you going to have to go through? Are, like, do you plan on partying right through the season or is, is off season party time and you got to show up for work in a couple of weeks? Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of in a dilemma here. Last couple of years, have, well, you know, we always done our share of partying on the road, but not, not too bad. You know, it's always on the off days, but we don't have all those this year. So I'm kind of disappointed, but, but back in the day, me and Wendell, Listen, guaranteed, if me and him went out partying the night before a tournament, we won every tournament. I remember, buddy, I remember one night, me and Wendell went down to the Legion, and his first nights I ever did jello shots in my life. We're down there having a good time, drinking a little. He's like, you want a jello shot? I said, I've never had one. He's like, we need some jello shots. Tried one. I was like, stuck, stuck with my buddy. I'm a pro at it, too. You never seen somebody suck down a jello shot like me. Stick my tongue in that little plastic cup, twist it, and suck that jello down like that. And uh, I was like, damn, that's good. He's like, we need 100 jello shots. I'm like, God dang, Wendell. Wendell, I was like, oh. he's like, it'll be fine. I sat there and eat about 30 or 40 of them things. I'm not joking. I didn't know what to do to you. Next thing you know, a guy named Squirrel drove me home two o'clock in the morning. I slept two hours and Wendell comes over. We hook up the boat and everything. 
and uh, make it about a mile down the road. My alternator goes out on my truck. His dad has to come trade his truck out my truck. We go fish uh, a big uh, tournament down here at the lake and, uh, yeah, won five grand that day. I don't know how, but we did. Well, how did Buddy get his name? It, do you have a lot of friends named Squirrel? after rodents? <laughs> no, I did. I was like, hey, I was like telling myself, I need somebody drive me home. Wendell, he says, Squirrel, drive you home. I was like, what are you talking about? Who is Squirrel? He looked like a squirrel, little skinny guy, big gray mustache. Got you home safe. Legion, Central City, Kentucky. <laughs> okay. I need to be up front and there you go. That that's more recognizable with the I like better now. Um there's a lot of people that probably watch a conversation like this or see some of the stuff that you do. And they say, well, th this is an act. He's not really like that. What, what do you have to say to those people? For the right amount of money, you can come party with me anytime. <laughs> so not partying on the road this year? Or, or what are you drinking there? Well, this is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> so I'm saying this girl, I guess she's my girlfriend down in Nashville. Okay. She's dietitian and everything. And she got, can't believe I'm saying this. I'm drinking coffee through a straw now. I've kind of, I've been hanging around the highfalutin kind of type, the fancy people. <laughs> now, buddy, I've lost so much pride in the past month, month and a half. You have no idea. I'm drinking coffee through a straw. I went and got a Brazilian wax. I mean. Is that real? Like you let, well, was that by her request or something you always wanted? To, I, I mean, I don't. Kind of by her request. Okay. Not that, okay. Listen, not, I'm not a hairy guy. Okay. That being said, I'm not a hairy guy. But let me tell you something. We were, yeah, I got waxed. <laughs> I got the Brazilian. God Almighty, son. You ain't never, listen. I have a lot of pain in my life. I've never felt pain like that. And it wasn't really. The hair tearing part, it was the hot wax. Oh, my God. That felt like molten lava going through you in certain places, buddy. So is this something you were going to continue to do, or was that a one-time, one and done? Um, I'll be honest with you. At the moment, I thought I'm never doing this again. But, like, I know, like, women go through some pain getting waxed, you know? But I got to tell you, it's quite refreshing. Painful to be beautiful. It is. But I think I will continue to be beautiful. Why the straw in the coffee? I, I, I've i never seen a lot of people drinking through a straw for coffee. What? Why? I'm going to catch some flack for that one. I know. I don't know. I guess so your teeth don't get yellow from the coffee. It's the only thing is was what I'm told. But I'm not really worried about that. I'll be honest with you. I just... For some reason, it tastes better through a straw. Anybody who's drank coffee, sipping it, and fucking gonna give me crap over it, suck it through a straw, and tell me if it don't taste better. All right. Uh, well, I've never done it, but I will I'll think about that. So, season heading up, what what goes through your mind? Like, I'll be honest, I've done a lot of podcasts with a lot of different elite series pros, tournament pros. And this time of year, most of them are like in their boat, locked in. You literally just woke up. Mm -hmm. 
when does the prep start for you um i started getting a little bit of stuff together the other day kind of got the boat loaded up some and and i got these got oh, i got some of these big plano bands put my stuff in for the truck because because the boys were giving me crap because i had about 40 walmart bags back there and i've been going going through all these walmart bags trying to find stuff and then i'd be borrowing stuff and i think seth got a little aggravated me borrowing everything because i couldn't find it in my truck last year but so i'm a little more organized this year which i'll probably catch less less fish because i'm organized but yeah i kind of got things dialed up ready to go and uh like i just got back from miami sunday for a little hiatus down there and uh um yeah i come back and i'm we're in nashville yesterday i'm like i just hell i forgot where my boat was dave i was like hell i gotta go to renegade marina literally get my boat before i can leave so i had to hightail it up there got there at five o'clock yesterday evening that my buddy sherbert waited on me got it came home and on the way home my mom's like oh you need to be careful of the weather i'm like what are you talking about oh ice all over the roads snow and ice and i'm like god dang man i'm supposed to leave tomorrow like i don't know what i'm doing right now so we're just kind of winging it i gotta load the truck up today in the, in the ice out there it's freezing ice cold um but hey a lot of people don't realize this is about far for the course have so, you all, have you always been that way yeah pretty much people and- just don't even realize it no, it's it's shocking when you hang out. Like, I mean, you live with some of the most technical pros on tour. You know, Seth does it. People look at Seth oh, and they yeah. don't know, but there's nobody who spends more time tying a knot, rigging a bait. And how do I mean, it must boggle their mind how you compete against them. No, yeah, 100%. The boys I run with, everybody knows they're the most technical guys in the world. Like, from not tying if it ain't perfect, like, everything's going to be perfect. And I'm just kind of like, this rod will work for this. Oh, I don't have 10-pound fluorocarbon. I'll use 15-pound mono, and we'll row with it and catch them. <laughs> Do you not think that puts you at a disadvantage at the level you're competing at? No. It hasn't yet, I don't think. No, I mean, you've, I mean, last year was your best season, a breakout yeah. season, I'd say, especially in Angler of the Year points. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you work on when you leave a season like last year? You want it to continue to get better. I know you're driven. You're all about the wood, as you've said before. Right. What do you work on to improve? Um, honestly, in the off season, I, I just, as far as the finish and going into this year and wanting to keep it going, I really don't give a shit. I think that's the key is not caring. Like, like, I don't think he'll mind me talking about it, but I think Seth had a little bit of a rough start last year too. And I think, so he come off that AOY best season ever and he cared too much. And they don't telling you like me and him talked about so many times you got to not care, you know, and now it's like not care about doing it. It's not that you don't care. So you got to care, not care about doing bad. You just let the cards fall where they do. And, and yeah, dude, I just, uh, I keep, you keep going fishing. You keep the rust off, fixing the leaf for Florida, you know, knock the rest of the rust off this sweep. But yeah, you just got to honestly not give a crap and just go do it and let the cards fall how they do.
does that get tougher? Uh, I mean, it's easy to say that when you're catching them, but but let's say you start off this season and have a rough start. Does it get tougher to care less in that situation as the pressure builds? Um, I would say, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of does, but I'll be honest with you. Um, like, I kind of perform under pressure. Like, like, I've always, fishing my whole life, I've been trying to pay bills or do something like that with it. And honestly think that I perform better under pressure that like if everything's hunky dory and there's no pressure in my life, I, I don't feel like I fish as well. Like I feel like there's gotta be some type of chaos going on. Like so the, last year, like last year, first three tournaments, it was crap. You know that? Like it was like I was sucking. All right. Well, there's a little bit of pressure. Let's uh yeah. So then we start performing. But how did you change that? I know you, like, I remember we talked about it quite a bit on stage. Yeah. You're like, I just went fishing and whatever. But there had to be more to it than just deciding kinda, to be better. I kind of got pissed off at the world. I'd been losing some fish and whatnot. And should have had good tournaments. But just, you know, you know how stuff goes. Everybody does. And uh, I come home and I got pissed off at them. And, yeah, I went. I, dude, I'm serious. I feel sorry for the fish on Kentucky Lake because I broke their jaws like i was so mad at him i almost filleted him like i almost stuck a knife to him and ate some big small mouse and stuff but but yeah i just started swinging on him hard man get some redemption and uh yeah it's kind of like you just decide that it's not gonna happen anymore and you just go out there and just make that happen so you don't care but you're also all about the wood so oh, yeah. you gotta not care about you gotta you care about doing good, but you gotta you gotta be at peace with them if you do bad in your decision making. Like if you do bad, it can't. You gotta be okay with that, basically. It's it's hard to even think. I mean, I, I and I get what you're saying because you're not the first pro I've heard it from. Like that lack. That's also why I think you see pros on their way out. You know what yeah. I mean? And and I don't want to throw him under the bus, but Chris Groves, a prime example. You know, his last event, he top tens it, and it's just like, well, where was this? But to get there, you had to be where he was. You know what I mean? It was his final event. Yeah. He knew the requalification probably wasn't going to work out, but he didn't yeah. care, and he just wanted to finish the way he, he knows he can fish. How, how hard is it to be that guy? Let me tell you something about Chris Grow. He would find fish. Like, he had a rough couple last years, like, whenever, whenever I was running with him. And uh, I'll tell you this about him. That dude would find fish faster than any of us, but faster than Seth, find him faster Chris, Corey, or me. Like, we'd, we'd get pictures and a text of these big ones, but and I ain't even caught a daggum fish. And he's got 20 pounds. Like, he'd find them so fast. I just – I think he just – he couldn't – I wish he could have harnessed that not caring part because he cared. Chris has a big heart. Yeah. Big caring heart. And I love him to death, but he just needed to not care a little bit. He knows that. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, and, and I don't have a problem talking about it because I know Chris knows that we all care about him, but I also yeah. feel like he built a lot of that on himself. You know what I mean? It was always <laughs> about the chain rats, the people behind him and, yeah. and that's all pressure. Do you yeah. feel any of that kind of pressure? 
no, nah, dude, I don't feel that kind of pressure. I don't give a crap. Like, I've been doing this long enough. It's like I tell people, you know, I've been catching bass for 25 years now. I've been fishing tournaments since I was 11. I've been catching bass for 25 years, and that, that ain't about to change. I'm going to keep on catching them, dude. Like, ain't nothing changing for 25 years. It ain't about to now. So how did it become fishing in your life? You know what I mean? Like, how did fishing become the obsession that's driven you in this direction? Because I, is it just your entire life you've felt a connection to fishing? Yeah, dude, it's all I've, uh, it's all I've ever done. Like, I was good at other sports, and they, and they wanted me to play other sports, but other sports always got in the way of fishing, and, uh, and I never would let anything conflict with it. I mean, I missed my high school graduation to go to go fish a damn BFL on out of Paris on Kentucky Lake. I mean, and uh, yeah, my mom was like, well, if you're not going to your graduation, I'm at least going to this tournament with you. So she rode down there and stayed in the hotel with me and all this, made a big weekend out of it. But, um, but yeah, man, I just, it's fishing's been number one for since the beginning. So, you were born like you grew up like you lived in San Diego for a little while, right? Yeah, yeah. I lived in. Uh, I was born in San Diego. I lived there till I was nine or ten, and uh, my my family's military. My granddad's in the military, and uh, and we moved back to Kentucky or whatnot. My dad still lives in San Diego there, and uh, and so every once in a while, I'll make a trip out there and do a little fishing out there. Um, I wish the fishing out there is still as good as it used to be, but yeah, that's where the, I got that long blonde hair from San Diego and this, and I moved here and I ended up picking up this accent somehow. I don't even know how, but yeah. So you started fishing tournaments at 11. Was there ever a thought of doing anything else? Like, or was uh, it in your head? Did you always assume you would make it? No, man. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I like, like I was so concentrated on working at a younger age that, you know, I, I didn't have the money to make it. I was fishing locally and, you know, hell, I was working, there was, there was years whenever I was working two jobs, like I was working two full-time machinist jobs. I'd get up, be at work at six in the morning, get off at 2.30, be at another job at 3.30 and work till 11.30. Like it wasn't, I'd work between 80 and a hundred hours a week. And a lot of people think, oh, you wasn't working 100 hours a week. No, you're right. Cause sometimes I worked 110. And like, you don't believe me. Like, we can go to work together. You can't hang, you know. Um, and so I was doing a lot of working. And then and then I built up some money. And I, uh, I was fishing tournaments at Kentucky Lake in between. And, and yeah, man, I was making, I was making enough money locally that it would have been I've, I've ended up getting a job down here by kentucky like right here in calvert city and i was working six to two thirty 40 hours a week and that's almost unheard of as a machinist and and dude i was making enough money fishing locally that it had been stupid that i was making on a bad year i'm, I'm not talking about winning thirty thousand and not making money i'm talking about i was making 30 to 90 grand a year fishing like oh. we'd win a couple boats and you know, I mean, I've won fifty-four grand in three weeks one time here on Kentucky Lake. I mean, won everything, every big tournament on the lake for three weeks and won fifty-four grand. I'm like, dude, I mean, why would you leave that? 
but the carp got in the lake, the fishing got crappy, the tournaments left. And yeah, I wanted to make it. I was fishing some Bass Nation stuff, you know, you know, to, to try to make it. But but the tournaments left, the money left, and I was contemplating. I talked to a few people and I thought, man, if I'm ever gonna try this, you know, this is the time. And it was after I qualified for the classic through the Bass Nation team trail. So I thought, man, there ain't no money to fish for here anymore. It's like, let's give it a shot. So that's whenever we jumped in the opens. And uh, yeah, two years qualified. And here we are, boys, still living in the trailer. And yeah. You ever think that'll change? You ever think you'll move out of the trailer? I don't know, man. I'll be honest with you. I'm doing a little upgrading to the trailer the first week of March. Um, got a, I got a good friend and sponsor, the wood shop uh, in Anderson, South Carolina. They do custom cabinets and install them all over the country. I mean, he, they're based out of Anderson, South Carolina, and uh, they do custom cabinets from uh, Key West all the way to Maine. And... Uh, He's fixing to come in here. We're going to make a video doing it. And it's going to be quite comical, but he's going to put me a set of custom cabinets in my trailer. And we're going to re this place. We're going to revamp it. A lot of work already been done to it. And, uh, Hey man, this summer, we're going to start Airbnb in my trailer while I'm gone. So you want to come stay at the, at Matt Robertson's trailer. Everybody's heard about it and everything this summer it's going to be it's going to be ready are you going to have like you i mean i would imagine you have to have some locking cabinets i mean you can't let people stay and have full range in your house i'm sure there's some drawers you don't want to open i mean there will be one cabinet locked <laughs> and one closet so everything <laughs> else is free range man wow and what is that just a you additional in income you want to come sleep in my bed? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, it's not an initial goal, but I, you know, a lot of people seem to end up there. If you put a request in, I won't even wash the sheets for you. Oh, <laughs> How did you avoid the initial trap to conform? Like if you look at all pros that come along and even Seth, when Seth first showed up on the elite series, Seth was, I believe, and I, I think Seth would admit this, he was trying to be what he thought the industry wanted him to be. And yeah, the he, more he became uh, himself, but you never went through that. Like from the day I met you, dude, you are on, you're you. Like this is you. Um, I'll tell you the difference between me and Seth. I've been fired too many times for being myself. I done, I done been through the ringer i've been fired half a dozen times from jobs half of it for fish and half of it for my mouth and i think everybody can believe all that <laughs> and uh yeah dude i've just never conformed to nothing my whole life and uh uh like no offense i if i'm you know i guess i was 34 whenever i qualified for at least 33 wasn't about to change then either did you have any nerves like that first classic? Be honest, walking in that night of champions, dressed the way you were. And literally, people see this crap in movies, but it was like a movie where the entire room was like, What? Was there any oh, part of you that left the <laughs> like was like, oh dang? 
you want to know the truth? I'll tell you the truth. There was one moment I was like, what in the hell am I doing? <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I was like, what am I doing here doing this? But yeah, it was, uh, there, there's been a moment or two like that, but you know, I like looking good. And, uh, don't nobody do it better. You'll see this year too. Oh, you have some stuff oh, planned yeah. or? Yeah. Sneak maybe, my little, maybe my good-looking little honey's going to be looking fine. I mean, fine. <laughs> I look forward to seeing that. I look forward to seeing that. It. Um, what is your biggest fear in life? Losing your hair? You know, we was talking about that the other day, man. I don't know. Like, I like the hair and all. And I thought, I, could, I, I would shock the world if I cut this. Like the world would lose it. Nah, it's not losing hair. I don't know, dude. Like, I don't really. Um, I'm pretty laid back. I don't really worry about much. Um, it's not like I got a big fancy house I'm going to lose or anything. I pretty much got all my bills paid with about 800 bucks a month. I mean, like, I don't. Like, I got a real low lifestyle, so I ain't really worried about losing nothing. Like, yeah, dude, I, I don't really have that. Like, as far as fears, man, I'm scared of heights, scared of falling off. Something ain't never going to jump out of a plane, but I don't have too many fears, man. I think that's proven. I, I don't think anybody would argue that there's not much you're fearful of. Um, I'm kind of fearful that I might take my pants off again on Bass Live because that cost me a pretty penny. But, yeah, we'll not um, – we won't do, do that again. Do you regret that? I got to tell you, I'll be honest with you. Like, I was sorry for it um, because – let me think how to put this. Like, I was – at first, I was sorry about it, and I apologized about it. But you know what? I'm not sorry for it. I am who I am. I did what I did. I'm not apologizing for it anymore. Um, I know some people didn't like it, but listen, I did the crime. I did my time. I paid the price for it. You know what? I'm not sorry for it. Will it happen again? No, it won't happen again, but I'm done being sorry. You know, I've, I did it. It is what it is. And I'm not sorry for it. Like it happened. I paid my fines. I did all that crap. Got other punishment for it. That's fine. I did my time. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sorry for it at all. I am who I am. Listen, I'm a, I, listen, I'm a lot smarter than what people think I am. Most of my moves are calculated. That was an uncalculated redneck move. Like, that was, that was you want to know who Matt Robertson is? Like, I don't go out and party and have a good time? You saw it right there. Uncalculated, hanging out with my boy on the water, and something stupid happened. That's, that's the group I run with. It happens every day, except that time it was on camera. And well, I don't know that it happens to everybody. I mean, I've done a lot of fishing with a lot of people, but I, I'll be honest. I don't spend a lot of time in my underwear fishing with people, and especially not when I'm competing in a tournament. <laughs> you know, I, like, I agree with you, but dude, that's the thing. Like, uh, Honestly, I didn't think nothing of it. I didn't even think I'd get in trouble. I was just having a good time cutting it up. Like, um, 
hindsight, I probably should have figured I got in trouble, but I didn't like, uh, I mean, the only reason it happened is because there's another guy out there in a speedo, you know, and, yeah. and that was glorified, but I guess whenever you do it yourself, it's not, but yeah, it, uh, it was, it won't happen again. The line's been drawn. I know where the line is. I won't overstep that boundary, but yeah, it, uh, whatever it happened, you got to deal with it. Right. But you, you see the difference between the guy in the speedo and you, right? Like the guy in the speedo, I pointed him out from stage. I mean, because it's, it's a bizarre thing, but he's a dude in a speedo and you're a dude competing at the top level of professional fishing on a national network. There's a big difference. I mean, they show people at the, at every football game, you see some dude dressed like a fool. I, it, it, I thought about it. It'd be the equivalent to somebody on a basketball court taking their pants off. Like, listen, I know I made a mistake and I'm not, a, I'm, I'm admitting I made a mistake, but am I sorry for it? No, cause shit happens. Like there ain't a person that'll listen to this. I don't care who it is that ain't made a mistake somewhere in life. So truth. you know what? Like if that's the worst I do is take my pants off. You know what? So be it. It's true. Do you, were you shocked by how many anglers got upset about it? Because to be honest, that actually kind of caught me off guard because for the most part, you guys kind of do your own thing. And a lot of times anglers are disconnected from anything that's going on. They're just so focused on competing. Yeah. You know, um, after the reaction of other people, now I I knew there'd be anglers that was upset about it. Like, and, and, and. And like one angler, you know, made a comment to me, you know, this ain't wrestling. And I'm like, you know what, buddy? All y'all are complaining about how much money you make. If this is half of what wrestling was, maybe all y'all wouldn't be some broke asses complaining about how much you make. I said, if we made half what wrestling made, we all be have so much money, we wouldn't know what to do with it. So like, I mean, don't throw that at me either. You know, like, you know, money sports were one of the, were the one of the most lowest paid sports there is. So um, maybe that needs to be thought about too, is conforming to certain things that maybe to make more money. Um, so, I mean, but no, listen, I understand. The, listen, I don't know if he meant it for me, but I read Gary's classes thing on professionalism not long after that on the Bass website. I read that and I'm going to say Gary Klaus didn't agree with it. And that's okay. Everybody's, um, you know, and, you know, entitled to their own opinion. Um, but I like Gary, but either way, like have your opinion on it, like it or not. Thank it hurt you. I've heard people say it hurt them as an angler. There wasn't an angler out there that it hurt. Like the only thing, if anything, it hurt myself or didn't hurt myself. You know, I mean, um, the only thing I'd say is maybe it did look bad on bass and, and if it did make you look bad on bass and somebody there caught some flack, I apologize for that, but crap happens, dude. It just says what it is. Yeah. And dude, you know, I'm, I, I lean towards the wrestling in the world as quick as anybody out there. Oh yeah. And here's the only thing I will say. And it, 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 when you're a person like yourself and, and, and myself 
and swindle and different people who who do kind of shocking things at times. I mean, that's the the tightrope you walk. You know what I mean? It's always yeah. funny until it's not funny anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? But but here's the here's the one thing that has screamed in my head the whole time. And this is out of love to you as a person. Dude, what you did out there, I agree with you. I don't think it set the sport back. And I I mean, I think it was one dude did something and it is yep. what it is. I think it also time of year it happened. It was the end of the year where a lot of people are looking for a reason to be angry. So that didn't help. But here's where it hurts me for you. Dude, you left the dock in second place on Sunday morning. And if you went out and did a poll right now at Bass Pro Shops or wherever you want and said, who was leading or who were the top three going into the final day at Oahe? I bet you nobody picks you just because you overshadowed your accomplishment that you freaking worked your whole life for. That's okay, dude. I don't care. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Like, I, like, like, I, it doesn't bother me, you know? I mean, it, uh, as, as bad as I hate to say that, yeah, you know what? I, uh, yeah, you asked them who the top 30 is in it, and you're right. It overshadowed it, but, I mean, like, dude, I told you that's part of me. I, like, I haven't given a shit my whole life, and I ain't about to start to now. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, see, I'm going to tell you, there's one thing about fishing I've noticed. Is a lot of anglers in this. They want the glory. They they want the glory. Everybody who's not a professional is trying to pretend they're a professional and be all this and that. Dude, I'm gonna tell you something. Like one thing I can. They're trying to be somebody. I don't care about being nobody. I don't care about being famous. I just want to fish. I want to fish and have fun with my boys. And I promise you, Seth don't care about being famous. I don't care about being famous. Chris and Corey don't. We just want to fish, have fun with our boys, and like whatever man as long as i'm there making a living having fun entertaining some people and we're all having i like to have a good time that's what matters to me i like if somebody remembers me at oahe i don't care like nobody can ever remember me being in second place going in the last day and i could care less okay i'll play devil's advocate you don't care about being famous but you wear fur coats and smash yeah. water bottles together on stage I like having fun. I told okay. you, I like having fun, looking good. That's fine. But whenever it comes to like, you, you're going to pick me out of the wall. Yeah, I don't care about that. But yeah, you want to, you know what? You want to have fun? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I think's a disservice is the guys who come out and just wave to the fans because you guys, fans travel from all over the world to watch the Bassmaster Classic. And you're going to, and it's going to be, you're going to bore them to death with 52 hand waves. So you're welcome. <laughs> I, dude, you know, I agree with that. I mean, I, I, that. I, I think that it's a weird and it's funny because, you know, I used Takumi as an example a lot. I've done it on this show, but yeah. I'm like, he's just real. Like Takumi is also not a character, but he just no, says, he says the same things that a lot of people think. Like when Takumi took the lead for the first time and he looked at the scales and said, I'm leading like, I believe that 99% of people, the first time they lead an elite series event, that's the first thought that goes through their mind. But somehow from their mind to their heart, to their mouth, whatever, what comes out is, yeah, well, I got to catch him again tomorrow, you know, and this is what yeah. I do. It's, it's, is that just, 
why do you think people are like that? Um, as part of that conformity, you know, I mean, cause that, that is in the back of every angler's mind is you have to catch them the next day. But, um, yeah, like I know, like I know a lot of these guys behind the scene now and I, I've gotten to know a lot of them and, you know, I love most of the people that fish the elite series. Um, and yeah, dude, I wish more of them would let their personality shine through, you know, but I think it's just, um, I mean, honestly, that is going through their head is they're still worried about catching them the next day. I mean, it's just a simple, it goes through all our heads and it's easy to come out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, no, I, and dude, I appreciate you even talking about that, to be honest, because that's yeah. one of the things that drives me crazy in bass fishing where something happens and everything gets swept under the rug and people are just like, yeah, let, let's not talk about that ever. And it's, I mean, like you said, there is not a soul on earth that hasn't done something that they're like, yeah, maybe that was a little too far. I mean, I, I do it on a freaking daily basis. Um, yeah. but too far is kind of where you live. Like, I mean, your whole on them, I mean, on them in general, the history of on them and what that has become. I mean, I remember the first time I saw it and I was like, that's something that anglers said for years, Yana, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you had the balls to walk out with a hat that said on them. Um, oh, yeah. Tell me about the history of, of that and what it's become for you. Yeah, dude, honestly, it was just kind of a, a joke at first. And uh, and I started wearing the hat, won like five or six in a row here locally and just kept it rolling and just kind of keep snowballing you know and i can't i can't believe it i can't believe it's turned turned into what it's turned into it's uh it's unreal but it just like you said it's something everybody says and yeah dude it's uh you know got different hats and stuff coming out slowly but surely expanding the brand and yeah, dude, I appreciate everybody that, that wears it. I see them out everywhere, seen them on Alabama football on TV. And I bought like guys from JM Productions was sending it to me and, and Zona and just, I'm like, what is this? You know? And I was like, that is, I mean, that is awesome. Really. It really is. It, it really is. And it amazes. I mean, dude, the power of, of your marketing mind and dude i know everybody likes to write it off that like he's just matt and they hear your accent and some of your stories but dude i feel you're an incredible marketer i mean you a lot of the stuff that you do that some people might not like is also why there's giant lineups to meet you at the bassmaster classic um how much of that is mastermind and how much of that is luck um Man, honestly, like, uh, we're going to go with starting out. It was 50-50 because I went to the classic. I was like, I'm going to look good. So I just wore the fur coat and then the autumn stuff. And just, uh, I think part of it is an appealing personality, just like Gerald Swindle, you know? And, um, and, but I think I have fun doing it. Let's put it that way. Like I think about stuff and, and to do this or to do that and and like a lot of my moves are calculated but like 
the problem is, is whenever I calculate a move, it, it can, I can, the math can go a little far because I like to have fun with it. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm going to say 75, 25, it's 75% is calculated, but my personality and I get excited and then that's the rest of it. On this very podcast, Gerald Swindle went out of his way to talk about you and how yeah. impressed he is with the person that you, you are and the, and, and how quick people have gravitated to you. And, yeah. and I mean, his, his outlook on it is, I mean, he's long-term Matt's got a great career ahead of him and he brings a lot to our sport. Hearing that from somebody like Swindle, which I mean, he's a buddy and everything, but he's still freaking Gerald Swindle. I mean, he is one of the greatest marketers, greatest personalities this sport has ever had. Yeah. What does that make you feel like as a person? Um, man, I got to tell you, like, um, um, he didn't, it's not like me and Swindle or talk every day or talk week, weekly or even monthly. Like, I, you know, I talk to him whenever I see him and I, I like the heck out of him. But he didn't have to say that stuff out about me. He didn't have to go out his way to do that. And I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, man, it makes me feel like I'm doing something right. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I crossed the line a time or two in the, in the past. But, uh, but yeah, dude, and, uh, but yeah, it, it, uh, I'm doing something right. If a man of that caliber is uh, going out of his way to say something like that, I do appreciate him doing that more than he knows. Yeah, I think that's another thing about you that I think a lot of people, uh, they, I mean, I don't think you go out of your way to show it to people because it's, it's, I mean, you're a guy, but I think, dude, you got a giant heart. You care. I mean, it's easy to say, I don't care, but I think you really do care. Uh, listen, if you're, if you're one of my boys, like I, my boys know how far, like, Ask Lee Livesey how if I go out of my way for somebody. Like, I'm telling you, if you're one of my boys and fucking Swindle's one of my boys, I will let let you. If you get in them, whenever it's your turn, you get in the bind, or even before it's your turn, I went out of my way big time for Lee Livesey and stuck. Uh, and I, whatever, I, I had Lee Livesey's back before we was really good friends like we are. And and uh, whenever it's time to have my boys back, there ain't somebody else that step up first. I promise you that. So, what's your goal in this sport? Do you? Do, I mean, do you think long term like that, or I mean, you can't spend your whole life just saying I want to have fun? Um, what do you mean, like, uh, like winning stuff or whatnot? Yeah. Or, um. Like I said, dude, I've been catching bass for 25 years. It's about not to stop. It's not about to stop now. Um, I'm going to win some blue trophies. I plan on winning a classic trophy or two, but you can't force that stuff. So you can set goals and say you're going to do it, but like you just got to let it happen. I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm just, I'm here riding the ride, buddy. Like as long as it lasts, we're going to ride it. And, uh, and it's going to be a fun ride. I ain't going to force nothing. I want them blue trophies. There will be blue trophies sitting here. I promise you that. I mean, I didn't get, you can say I'm cocky or whatever, but I don't care when it's what I've done my whole life. And, uh, and classic's a hard one to win, but, uh, it's like not out of the realm of possibilities. I don't, 
like it you glorify it but whenever i'm fishing it i don't glorify it i don't get spun out it's just like i'm fishing a club tournament and uh yeah man like uh yeah it's the goals are to win i want blue trophies i want that classic trophy it'll happen i'm just not gonna force it i don't think it's cocky though like i think that's one of the weird things about our sport and the way people talk and maybe it's just because it's a one-man team i don't know but like if you see any pro sport pick anyone whatever one you watch and you sign the new player in their first press conference you ask them what their goal is and they're like i want to bring a championship to this city i want to be and and if they don't say that people are like well what's what's wrong with so and so i mean earlier this year aaron Rodgers said he wants to win more MVPs and people went absolutely nuts that he didn't say he wants to win more Super Bowls. Yeah. And his whole theory was I can only control what I do, you know, in the situation he was in this year. But why do you think our sport is so soft in that regard? Like just saying that you have to apologize. You know what I mean? Just by saying yeah. I really want to win. People might say that's arrogant. Why yeah, are we different? Like- like I, I'm the first one to talk trash. I'm not like, I don't care. Like I like, I, I, I have hundred percent confidence in my ability, but I think a lot of guys, I think a lot of guys don't do it because I think it's probably the most superstitious sport there is. Yeah. You know, because this sport can humble you and humble a lot of people. And I feel like if they talk that crap, then they think that's going to happen. Like, I mean, whatever i talked more trash to austin felix going into the last day at oahe than has ever been talked in the history of bass fishing and uh you know what he won dave wendell's telling me he's like hey austin would catch one on live and he'd be like yeah you better i got that one maddie better catch him you know something or i'm like dude that's that's entertaining that's fun like we ain't talk, we're talking trash to have fun we're all confident like we ain't the best in the world because we're not like yeah it's weird because you think of like when if me and you go fun fishing this afternoon if you when to go fun fishing it's all trash talk like there is oh, never yeah. but then you get to the pro level and guys are just like they button up it's like you know it's 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 almost you know an insult to say you're going to do exactly, you know what I mean? And you should yeah. feel that way or you shouldn't be competing at the top level. If you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I taught, I even, I remember at whenever I won the Bass Nation team trail and I love John Stewart to death. I really do. And yeah, John's known me, John's known me for a long time, you know, from, from before I fished elite series. And whenever I won that Harris chain, um, he uh he he let me give me a little second for an interview right and he was you know in front of the crowd and i said something like uh i know i know these boys don't know who i am but come march 17th on the tennessee river i was like they're fixing to find out and and he kind of pulled the mic away from me and i heard him say he's like he shouldn't have said that you know he didn't like the trash talk and uh I love John Stewart to death. Made him joke around and have a good time. But yeah, dude, a lot of people. Some people don't like to trash talk, but I think it's a superstition thing. Um, but yeah, dude, like I was sure it's more more of the confidence came out. But honestly, I just think they're scared they're not going to do good instead of just. I think it's they're, they're scared they're going to jinx themselves. Yeah. Hey, like, 
hey, I'm going to I'm gonna beat the crap out of you today. And then you go out there and don't catch them, right? It doesn't look good. It's just like I talked crap to Austin Phillips. And then the last day I had a, had a bad day. Like, you know what? I don't care. Like, <laughs> I like talking crap. Austin was a champ about it, too. Like, I give him that. He was a champ about it. Like, we, we talked about it afterwards. We had fun with it, both of us. And, uh, yeah, dude, it was, uh, yeah, it's fun. I don't care if I catch him or not. I'm going to have a good time doing it, talking crap or, you know, whatever. Do you have any superstitions yourself? Um, I got a few. I got a, like, I don't know if I'd call them superstitions as far as what I do or everything, but, um, I got the lucky rocks. I got a lucky hair tie. And so I, I like to have those things with me, but as far as like doing certain things, not really. Do you, what percentage of elite series pros or even just the guys you hang with actually have superstitions? Uh, a lot of them. Fighter wears the same underwear every day. I mean, all that stuff. I mean, Chris and Corey don't. They don't, I mean, they don't have any superstitions. They're different, aren't they? Like, they I mean, the way they think about things from, and it's literally since they were nine, 10 years old, they just think of things so different. Um, explain. They, were, they were trained by an absolute killer on the water their dad land man and i just yeah. nothing superstition and like their two boys that'll tell you they're gonna go out there and beat the hell out of you the next day you know i mean but not on camera they wouldn't do it on camera. on camera but like yeah yeah there's a I lot can... of trash talking happens in your household though like when you guys oh, room together oh. it's steady trash all all day all day trash talk People don't even understand. It, no, it's it's shocking. Like, it never ends. Like, you think, like, I remember the first few times, I mean, I've known those guys most of my life, but I remember the first few times that I come over to visit you guys. And, you know, it's starting and you're like, yeah, they, this is just part of their, you know, this will stop. It doesn't stop all day. Um, you guys, and now... Clearly, it's been well publicized. It's gotten physical between everybody. Are you? Oh yeah. Are Are you going to be wrestling this year? <laughs> Different. I don't know, man. I hurt, I hurt my knee a couple months ago, and I'm a little. I uh, hurt my knee running. I couldn't even walk for a day or two, and like I was. That scared me a little bit, and a lot of people don't know this. At the St. Lawrence River last year, me and Caleb got we got to drinking a little bit, and had we got. I'm talking about wrestled. And honestly, I didn't even know if I was going to be able to cast because I hurt my shoulder so bad. And, and those two times kind of startled me a little bit. Me and Caleb's agreed that we're not going to wrestle each other, but you know how that goes. Let him run that gum a minute. <laughs> Have you done some, I know obviously you've been training, losing a bunch of weight, but I did see a video of you and elite series rookie cooper gallant going at it last year but yeah, what like stood out to me not the finish but what stood out to me is it looks like you've been doing some training different techniques were involved no i like yeah Coop, i'm gonna tell you what Coop is one of the strongest guys i've ever grabbed like he's little but like he's stronger than Corey, chris 
they're not telling you that kid is strong. I'd have never seen that out of him either. And uh, especially as little as he is, he is the strongest little guy I've ever grabbed a hold of in my life. And, uh, but yeah, dude, um, my buddy, I was real good wrestler and he'd been teaching me some stuff. So like, that's the problem is I damn hurt my knee. And, but now, now I know what I'm doing. Now, now I know what I'm doing and I got to decide because <laughs> I guarantee, I'll tell you this, I guarantee you the problem with Caleb is I got him in a headlock one time and he's so strong. He just grabbed my hand and peeled it off of me like a fruit run. I'm doing a fruit roll up. And, and so but I guarantee you I can take Caleb down, but I don't think I can beat him because he's too damn strong. I feel like I'm talking to two little kids. Like, I feel like that, like, I mean, I feel like I've been in the situation that you're explaining, but I was like in grade school where I'm like, okay, this year in school, I'm not going to get in any fights. I'm going to focus. I'm not going to put my, <laughs> has that been your entire life? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> what about the Bassmaster Classic? What do you plan for on the stage? Mm. Mm. We're going to have to keep that one to a minimum. We got a little something planned. We got a little something planned. I have to consult Bass before I, I'm going to say it's wise of me to do in the future. So I got to consult the people at Bass, make sure everything's on the up and up. And uh, yeah, well, uh, um, I thought they'll be fine with it. It's not nothing too terrible. What What's your thoughts going into this classic? I mean, I got to believe that's somewhere where you have a little experience. Yeah, yeah, I've been on Tennessee River down there twice. Know it, know it fairly well. Didn't go up there. <clears throat> Didn't go up there and uh, pre-practice any, just because it's the Tennessee River, you know. I mean, but I'm, uh, yeah, I think it's a place we can definitely win at. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good one, I believe. I heard you on another podcast negotiating a neck tattoo. Is said neck tattoo ever going to happen or what, like, is that real? Like, would you really? Okay. So that was, that was <laughs> on the big honker podcast. And, uh, yeah, the deal is for $7,000, I'm going to get a dollar general tattoo tat tattooed on my, on my neck. So that was the deal. So we get off the podcast, the, the owner of boss, Brandon and, the, and Andy Schaefer got on the big honker call, get on a three-way call five minutes after that. And we're talking about it. And Brandon's like, Maddie, I just can't let you do that on your neck. He's like, what if we did? What about somewhere else? And Andy's like, what about a tramp stamp? And I'm like, I'll do a tramp stamp. Brandon's like, all right, you get a tramp stamp? Yeah. Dollar general tramp stamp on, I don't know. I don't care if it's the DG or the square dollar general. I don't care. <laughs> Seven grand. You show me seven grand for sticking Dollar General right above my butt. Hundred so percent. Is it going to happen, or you're just waiting for the seven grand to show up? No, it's hundred percent happening. Hundred percent happening. Might happen at the classic. <laughs> Do you not think that you're you should be focused on other things at the Bassmaster Classic? I'm selling real estate here, buddy. Show me some money, guys. Show me some money. Show me some money. I'll sell the real estate. <laughs> you saved me from becoming a porn star. 
Um, <laughs> I, I think I think you kind of you kind of kind of right. You're you're right there. You're you're on both sides of of that. Um, man, I, I all that's going through my mind is how much money I have to raise to get other tattoos on you. Um, you raise the money, pick it out, and we'll stick it. Is there any, where's the limit? Is there anything you wouldn't do? For the right amount of money, no. Have you, have you approached sponsors with this and said, Hey, I got a bass logo on my arm. Why not an ugly stick? I would tattoo a Jersey on me for the right amount of money. (laughs) I'm not even joking. I stick ugly stick as big as you can on my chest for the right amount of money. I, I don't doubt that. Talk to me about that relationship because I think there's a lot of people who partner with companies and there's a lot of good things that happen. Some companies aren't, but I think that your relationship with Ugly Stick is incredible, number one. And number two, even more so, the freedom <laughs> that they have allowed it to be. Because, you know, when you guys were coming out with those videos and stuff, I thought, yeah, oh, this will be corporate a bit, it'll be dulled down. But it wasn't. It was Matt. <laughs> yeah, no, it uh dude, honestly, I don't know if there's a better a better partnership that, you know, that we just meshed together perfectly because, you know, I am who ugly stick, you know, it's just I'm the people that buy ugly sticks, you know. I mean it's I'm the working guy and we're just, we are regular dudes like that fun. And they have gave me some freedom. I would give them that. And I, I appreciate them sticking by my side through a couple incidents and, uh, they don't love them guys to death up there. I love every one of them. I favorite pure fishing. And, uh, yeah, dude, honestly, I don't think there's two, uh, an angler and a brand that goes together as well as myself and ugly stick. Like we just mesh so well. What, do you guys have any plan? Like, is there going to be more of those type of commercials coming out? Those videos? Yeah, I think in due time. In due time, there's still one they're working on. I know that hasn't come out, but yeah, in due time, it's gonna. Um, there's more coming for sure. When you go through something like you said, you know, they stood by you through some stuff. When you go through said stuff, whatever it may be. How busy, like I've always wondered, you know, how busy is his phone come Monday after the it's underwear incident? usually about Wednesday. I start getting the calls. <laughs> I think they need a day or two to process some stuff. <laughs> did, did any of the companies you work with, did any of them give you like a scolding or, a, or was oh, it just yeah. all? Yeah, I mean, it was... Um, yeah, I got some scoldings, you know. I can take it. Like and I, I understand where they're coming from. But uh but it was nice to see him stand by my side, that being said, you know. You've been doing a lot of running, a lot of working out. Mm-hmm. Is that is it something you did for fishing or is it just something you did for you? Um Man, probably seven, eight years ago, I got in pretty phenomenal shape, and then I stopped working out, and I got fat again. And uh, and I just, like, honestly, it's just, like, something hit me. It's like, dude, like, 
I need to get something like there was a fishing these two weeks in a row that I needed to I was seeing an effect in me you know whenever we had double events and stuff and I was just like it's it's just simple I used to run every day and I was like so I'll just start running working out and eating right and like if you just change decide to make that change and just do it it's not that big a deal like it's not like you're force feeding yourself I'll, I'll put it to you this way before I started dating my little lady friend who's a dietitian I was eating she tells me I was eating way too much red meat but whatever dude you go to McDonald's you're going to spend 12 to 15 bucks right if you go to the grocery store I can eat a filet a sweet potato and a green for 12 or 13 dollars like you can get a nice nice ribeye and and a sweet potato or something like that. You can eat healthy for as cheap or cheaper than you can go out and eat crappy. Like this whole you can eat, it's too expensive to eat healthy is a joke. Like you can eat a steak for breakfast, lunch, and dinner cheaper than you can go to McDonald's three times. And I was like, and I was sitting here like, why would I, why would I, oh, sorry, Dave, something happened. Somebody tried to call me. They got the, the F you button. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, dude, you can, you like, I said, why would I eat crappy whenever I need a steak for every meal? So, yeah, just started eating good food. It tastes better anyways. You know, spend a little time in the gym, go do a little running, and, yeah, just kept it going. Do you think this makes you a better angler, a more dangerous angler this year? 100%. 100%. Man, pal, Nick was talking about it, and, uh, you definitely feel better, fish better, all of the above. When you, I mean, you brought his name up, but Paul Nick and I think of like how cerebral he is and how he thinks things through and how, I mean, I've always said he's, he's, he's much older. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's just much wiser at a young age. But then when you look at your approach, they from the outside, they look totally different. Yeah, Brandon's way smarter than me. Like, a lot of people don't know this, but I think he was 18 and I was 20. Or maybe he was 18 and I was 21 or something like that. <clears throat> we both fished the TBF National Championship at, a, at a Lake Wiley. And uh, in, was that South Carolina, North Carolina? Whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, But we roomed together. Like, he wasn't nobody, I wasn't nobody, two kids from, you know, halfway across country roomed together. We roomed together. He had all his stuff stolen, and Abu Garcia, I didn't have crap at the time. I'm out there, I'm out there, I'm going to last 500 bucks, right? And he lost all his stuff, you know, shipping it out there, and and they gave him rods, reels. I see boxes, like three-foot by three-foot boxes of baits. Like, the room is piled. I'm like, what the hell, dude? Like thousands of dollars of stuff i'm like hell i lost my stuff too guys you know and uh, <laughs> but but yeah man me and brandon spent a week together stayed in the same room together years ago and uh he's definitely smarter than me made it here a lot faster than me and uh i think we come from a little different places nonetheless he is smart hard-working dude and yeah so you're probably going to take an approach to it I'd take Brandon's 100% because he made it there a lot faster. So you wouldn't advise following in your footsteps? 
listen, it depends on where you come from. If you come from nothing, you ain't got no money or nothing. Yeah, you better go work 20 hours a day to save up some money to do it because it's a money sport. Um, I don't know where Brandon came from. I think he had to work hard for what he's got. Yeah. He, you know, regardless of where he came from, it doesn't matter because the boy works harder than anybody. He's got – you got to have a work ethic. But, um, listen – if you hard-headed like I have been my whole life, then you can take that route. But I'm going to advise everybody to take Brandon's route because it's a lot easier. <laughs> Is Kid's that a lot the, smarter than I am. I'm not, a lot smarter than me most days, too. Um, Is that the number one thing it takes to make it on the Elite Series? Work, Work ethic? 100%. What do you think when you – I mean, a common thread nowadays that you'll hear all over social media is – you just got to have money to make the elite series. And if you don't have money, you've got no shot. What do you think when you hear stuff like that? If that was the case, I wouldn't be here. So like I said, dude, like if there's guys out there say you got to have money, this or that to make the elite series. Yeah. You got to have some money, but it doesn't mean a lot of these guys got houses, have mortgages, sell the big house, sell your $2,000 mortgage or thousand dollar mortgage buy you a $4,000 trailer like I did and like get rid of your payments, have a truck, a boat, go work eight. Like you, people think I'm joking about the 18, 20 hours a day. I wouldn't even leave work. I'd sleep there and wow, go save up that money. And listen, a lot of people don't want to do that. Who, who wants to go work, go to work for 18 hours a day? Yeah. The state only lets you work 15 or 16, but, get two jobs that don't matter you can work as much as you want and uh yeah dude it's just you gotta have money but it's always available it's just willing if you make if you're willing to make those sacrifices but not you know i made those sacrifices i'm still making them so it's uh i, I think you're 100 right i mean and i and i think there's a lot of people who say they want it but they don't really want it they want to be that dude standing on the classic stage holding the trophy. They want to be the dude in the magazine or on the TV show. But that's yep. like about this much of your job. Oh, yeah. 100%. And uh, there's guys that do want it, but it's not. It's a small fraction of them that really want it. You know. If you could change one thing about pro fishing, what would it be? Hmm. Man, one thing about pro fishing, I don't know, man. Um, I wish we could have a little more leeway with, I kind of say what I want to say, but let's just call it no. Like, let's not, I don't know. Let's go TVMA on everything and not, not, PG rated like, like like I'm telling you I wish if I could change one thing it'd be everybody show the real personality what percentage of elite series pros do you think and this isn't throwing anyone under the bus but huh. of the entire field what percentage do you think the public gets to see the real them 10 percent 100 guys Wow. 10 to 15%, I think. Wow. That's maybe 20 is a stretch, but 
Palinix is as real as it gets. Like you'll know, like he's as real on and off. Swindle is, um, Seth is hundred like ten. It's not more than twenty guys are being who they really are. You think that's just pressure from sponsors or the industry in general? No, it's just they're being the stereotypical bass fishermen. I've often thought it's one of the negatives about like when you really sit and look at the sport that that everybody's vanilla, everybody's the same, everybody's good. Um, I think that's one of the and it's the sport in general, the history of the sport. Like there's never been a bad guy in bass fishing. And if you look at other sports, what really brings passion to people like you can't be a New York Yankees fan without hating the Boston Red Sox. Can't be a Red Sox fan without hating the Yankees and vice versa. Um, but it doesn't exist in fishing. You know what I mean? It's like, no matter who wins, everybody cheers. Sometimes they cheer a little louder. The but sport I, would grow if you had that. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Is that what you're I'll trying be to be that for somebody if they want me to be? I have no problem being that guy. You know, like, if it would grow the sport and everything, yeah, I'll be the guy you hate. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know that you need to have a guy that you hate, but I think that yeah, like like you need to need to cheer know. against someone. You know, yeah. like I mean, I'm a huge Chiefs fan, but trust me, I like Joe Burrow. I think he's pretty cool. But this yeah. last week, I kind of hated Joe Burrow for a while, and yeah. I think that's normal though, because trust me, there is a whole heck of a lot of people that hate the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes for doing nothing but winning. Yeah, I agree with you. It's uh, it's it's an interesting sport that way. It, you know, you're right. Nobody says where they really, how they really feel they're going to catch them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even ask you guys. Like, I literally do not. The day before a tournament, people are like, I'll get texts from buddies and they're like, who should I pick in fantasy fishing? You've talked to so-and-so. And I'm like, I hardly ask anybody because, I mean, there's a few guys that I'll talk to socially and I'll say, you know, how's this or that. But for the most part, because I know that everybody the day before the term is literally going to lie to me. They're like, look yeah. me straight in the eye and be like, I didn't, I didn't get any. Do you, do you see that changing in the sport? Well, I think the world is changing that way with reality. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think yeah, they are, but that's not changing in the sport. It's too many, too many variables in our sport. It's not like I'm going to play basketball where I'm, I got my hand on a basketball and I got to put it through the hoop. You know, there's too many variables that come in ours, like weather, water, and I mean, all that stuff. But, um, like there are times whenever you think you're going to catch him, you know, even me, me being myself, I, there's times where I'm like, that was a rough practice. And and what's crazy is usually some of our worst practices are, are our best tournaments in this sport. So, so you got to take that into consideration, you know? Why is that? <sighs> because you, uh, you aren't committed to one thing and you're, you're willing to change. Have you made, like, when you look at your career, and let's just focus on Elite Series since you got here, have have you made some big mistakes, like, fishing-wise? You know, is there anything you look back where you're like, I had to change that when I got here? 
Uh, yeah. Uh, I used to go to tournaments. I'm a swim baiter, man. Like I had to put the big swim baits down. That's what I did on the first year of the opens. I came in like 34th in points, wasn't the worst, but wasn't great. But I was like, I have to make an adjustment. I have to pick up regular lures again. Like I, I would swim bait, swim bait, and swim bait. And especially here locally on Kentucky Lake, one of the best swim bait lakes in the country. And, uh, dude, I just had to, you know, pick up the bladed jigs and all that stuff again. And, yeah, then that next year, I qualified for the Elite Series. What's the highlight in your career so far, if you had to pick one? Hmm. The highlight in my career is honestly probably what nobody else would say is whenever me, Chris, Corey, Seth, I'll even throw Lee and Caleb in the mix whenever we're sitting around bullshitting, having a beer and a drink, talking shit to each other. That's my highlight. Whenever the boys are together talking shit. Hanging with the boys. Yeah. I, I th- and I think that's, I think it's funny that, you know, I think you're just smart to realize that, but I like, you know, I'll do stuff like this all the time and people be like, well, what was the best moment? And it's almost never something that everybody saw. It's almost yeah. never that, you know, Oh, it was cool announcing this. No, I love my job and I love what I do, but I really just love what it allows me to, to do or be, you know yeah. what I mean? It, it, people get stuck in, in regular jobs and mm-hmm. they find themselves acting adults. I think we found a way to avoid that for as long as possible or as often as possible. Oh yeah. We're like a bunch of kids playing. <laughs> so what's the low light of your career so far? Hmm. Um, honestly, after the third tournament last year, I was like, hell, am I even going to requalify for the elites? Like I had a decent first year. And I was like, hey, man, I'm like 68th in the points. Like nail biting, you got to fix something. So how do you, how do you, when you felt that low, and I think everybody's got to go through it and dig out of it, but to feel that low and to continue to be like, you know, like you said, not give a crap, that's got to be incredibly tough. Yeah, you just got to have confidence in yourself. It's like I said before, like I've been catching bass for 25 years, had three bad tournaments, like ain't nothing changing, boys. I hate to tell you, but I'm going to be around for a while. Like me or love me, whatever. I've been catching bass for 25 years, and I hate to bust your bubble. It ain't about to stop now. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done to catch a bass? God, honestly, the dumbest thing I've ever done to catch a bass. Well, me and Wendell's fishing one tournament, I stripped down naked and jumped in and swam down there and got one. And, but, <laughs> and then he was complaining for me to put my clothes back on. But, but, man, I don't know. Like, this. Like, I mean, I've done that to get a bass, but to catch one, like, I don't know, man. I actually caught one on a flying lure one time on a dock. I mean, one of the old school flying lures, like, 
something like that maybe, but I don't know. I can't think of nothing too stupid I've done to catch one. I really want to ask you what the dumbest thing you've ever done in your life, but I'm pretty sure that you that's probably can't right. answer that's that not, honestly. That's not rated for this show. <laughs> <laughs> we both know that. Yes. Yes. You're the only, and I've told you this to your face. Like I tell every pro be yourself, be real, be honest. You're the only dude I've ever said, just maybe a little less rail. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, need to, I need to tone her back a little bit because, because uh, the bass world ain't ready for all of me. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think what you've done is amazing. You know, like, like I said, when you live, the way you do when you are the person that you are, I mean, it's nothing new. You've always been on a tightrope and sometimes yep. you, you slip off that tightrope. And, uh, but I mean, dude, I, I think the more personalities, the more people that we have that people identify with, because let's be honest, it's yeah. a dude holding a fish in front of an arena full of people. Like you've got to give somebody a reason to cheer for you. And I think that, People identify with you. And I, even so much that I've kind of underestimated at times. Like when you first told me you were going to do the cutoff shirt at the classic, I yeah. remember thinking, oh, okay, that's, but I didn't realize how much that would resonate with people. Did it shock yeah. you how people? No. no, because like, that's, that's the thing you see, like everybody else is just regular person or real. They wear cutoffs, you know, they don't care. They get tattoos on their shoulder. They, you know, I, I like to drink and have fun. And uh, that's the thing, though, is I'm not pretending to be nothing but just me. And I'm just a regular person, just like everybody else. That's why it resonates with them. They know that. You know, some people think it's skeptical, but, you know, think it's an act. And then they, you know what? Come hang out with me a bit. You'll see. Come meet me at the classic. You know, you'll see real quick that it's, you know, it's whatever, dude. I'm just one of them. I ain't nothing, you know. You are real. You are real. I've, I've tested. Trust me. He is very, very real. I can assure you. What's the greatest advice you've ever gotten in your life? Shut my mouth. <laughs> Did you listen? <laughs> Whatever my granddad told me I would. <laughs> <laughs> what if there's a young angler watching this that one day wants to be in the position you're in? Other than don't follow my lead, follow Brandon Polnick. What advice would you give them? Shoot, man. Uh, work hard every second of your life. Don't listen to your teachers or nobody else. Do what you want. Even if, uh, even don't listen to your parents or anybody. If it's what you want, work hard, go after it, and the hell with everybody else. Is there anyone that stands out in your, like, I think everybody – there, this industry is full of people that were told you can't do what you're doing by somebody. Is there teachers or somebody that stands out in your mind that was like, grow up? Oh, yeah, 100%. Senior English class, Miss Sparks. A lot of people liked her. I hated her. Said something about fishing. She said, she said you'd never make it. You'll, you'll never make anything fishing or make a living fishing. And I told her, I said, I'll tell you what, why don't you bring in your W-2 and I'll show you my 1099s. So. <laughs> well, I think you're showing a lot of people um, the freedom in being yourself because, dude, I don't know how, I don't know if, like, I think some people can act a part, but I don't know that you could 
Like if you wanted to hide who you are, I don't think you'd be very successful doing it. Yeah. No, it's not possible. So what do you got planned for the rest of the day? Hmm. Honestly, it's cold as crap outside. Um about done drinking my coffee well it's cold as crap by now but through the straw but yeah i'm gonna go outside and uh start loading the suburban up dude get to plain old toads with all my organized fishing stuff and yeah i'm gonna load them in, the, in there got the ugly stick boat wrapped and ready and i'm gonna try to get on the road tomorrow don't know mm-hmm. if the weather's gonna let me it's a lot of ice on the road but i'm gonna try to get on the road yeah, it's it's nasty. It's nasty. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go to Florida. I'm ready to go fishing. My boys are already down there, sending me videos and stuff, messing with me. So, yeah, Does that drive you crazy. Like, do you have that? What's that fear of missing out? Do you have that? Like when they're down there and you're just like, Ugh, I'm still at home. Mm, not really. I'm usually the first one down there, but I'm. I know I'm ready. I like. I'm ready. I'm ready to go now. Like it's play time's over party time's over it's time to go fishing i'll remind i'll remind you of that it's i feel like at some point this season i want to put my arm around you and be like i thought play time and party time was over because well let's t- i mean we still got 10 percent of play time left on us that's for the yeah 10 percent. yeah 90 percent work that ratio might change a little bit in the next week or two but yeah <laughs> we're starting with that that's our goal dude you are uh you're 100 yourself you a lot of people may not know how to take you but dude i'm i don't need to say it because i know people will say it in the comments here the amount of people that you inspire and and motivate to chase their dreams is amazing so um I mean, thank you for what you've brought to this industry. Yeah, I'm, I appreciate that. Just keep your drawers on. Uh, the pants are staying on. I'm sorry. I know the ladies are going to be disappointed. I'm sorry, but they are making me. Listen, if any if any of y'all ladies have a problem with me keeping my pants on, I need you to email uh, Bass and tell them to allow it and uh, see if we can get that overturned. You ever think of OnlyFans? Buddy, I have a hundred percent thought about OnlyFans. I'm gonna tell you something right now. Hundred percent, a thousand percent. I could make so much money on OnlyFans. So what has held you back? I don't. I really know what my. I'm gonna have to have a little talk with my sponsors. See what they got to say about it. Actually, well, I mean, they have to pay the membership to see what you're doing on there, anyway. So who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't indeed the one and only matt robertson thank you dude thank you for uh this conversation and i look forward to hanging out with you and uh having a beer with you in just a few weeks it won't be long there you have it matt robertson and as you guys know there's literally one rule on this show i ask every guest the same thing Just be open and honest, and let's have a real conversation. And it would have been really easy to have Matt on here and just let him loose. Tell a bunch of stories for an hour long. There'll be pure hilarity, and that's a side of him that that we all love. Um, But I wanted a real conversation, and I I think we had a real conversation. And I think 
what I felt from the conversation is Matt's always going to be Matt, but I think you're seeing a human being evolve, an angler evolve. And I think going through strange things like underwear gate or not so tidy whitey gate, whatever you want to refer to it as, do I think he's learned? Yeah, I think he's learned. Do I think he'll change? No, I don't think Matt will change. I think that he may not do that again, but I think the Matt that so many people are gravitated to is exactly who he is. I mean, he's going to spend his entire life riding a tightrope, and he's going to stay on it a lot. But every once in a while, he's going to slip. And as he said, everybody makes mistakes. And um, he's going to have some tournament directors working hard. He's going to have some people stressed out. But he's also going to have a whole horde of people that are like, that's my guy. That's somebody I relate with. And I think that no matter what way you look at it, love him or hate him, Matt Robertson is good for our sport. Passion and excitement is good for our sport. And that's what I see. That's what I see when he crosses the stage. Not just passion and excitement from him, but passion and excitement from spectators, from media. He brings excitement. And... um and ironically, it was one of the most chill conversations I've ever had with him. But I also think it was one of the most real conversations I've ever had with him. And I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. So go out there. Have a good week. Be who you are. Enjoy being. And Bob Cobb, as always, take it away. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear?